Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today once again by Eric. It's me. It's you again. I'm I'm better today because we haven't taken a break and I didn't have to get on the train between episodes. Oh my God. Today, everyone, is election day. Wow. And I'm sure you voted already or you're getting ready to vote and I'm so proud of you. Wow. Look at you. But we obviously won't have any election coverage on this episode today. That will come later in the week because we're always a day behind. Yes, we have to. Or two days behind. <laughs> yes, we have to sit on the election results that we have because it's a rigged election and we already know what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, so we have to sit on it and wait until the next day. And sometimes that's good because we don't have that sort of, you know, 24-hour news cycle coverage where... Uh, the facts are constantly changing. We get to sit back a little bit and ponder and and digest the news. That is true. But on the and other hand, and then we poop out a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's how it works. That's the metaphor for light trees and news. Mm-hmm. We num 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 on the digest, facts. digest, digest, uh-huh. and then poop it out. Poop. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, as mentioned on the episode yesterday, man, Steve Karnacki looks cool. <laughs> Here's the thing. He does not look cool, Eric. He is. I think he looks cool. <laughs> I know you think that. He is very clearly a nerd, but in a, I, I, he is a beloved nerd. Uh huh. Are you dismantling the chair right now? A little now? bit. Yeah. Okay. Fine. As long as you're comfortable. Uh-huh. Uh, <sighs> uh, as somebody who briefly toyed with the idea, very briefly, of becoming a statistics professor. Sure. Steve Kornacki is like my hero. <laughs> He is a a nerdy, nerdy man, but I appreciate his very um, narrow, deep knowledge. I also just i I root for Steve Kornacki because he's a he's just a a d- deeply nerdy man who like made it work. <laughs> he was like, "This is my thing," and I figured out how to do it. I also have extra love for Steve because so he's a gay man, but he is like playing against type. So hard. <laughs> he has two shirts and he like alternates between. If you ever watch MSNBC, he has like a, a, a like a light blue shirt and Eric just spilled water <laughs> all over water, himself. Yep. I mm-hmm. just had to call yep. you out because I'm like, that is too funny yep. not to mention. Every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve has like a light blue shirt and a dark blue shirt and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. never does his hair. Always has a little bit of a cowlick. And just like stumbles out to his whiteboard and is like, here's the math. And like, that's all he cares about. Tends to go with the monochrome, like blue shirt tucked into blue jeans look. What I'm trying to say is it's important for a variety of representation. And he represents the gays who don't care about fashion, who are very, very smart in a very nerdy way. Uh And that's their deal. And I'm like, you know, he's living his truth. And I love that. Uh, Yeah. He's a great guy. I got respect for Steve Kornacki. I love Steve Kornacki. I wonder if Steve... <laughs> this is a weird thought. I don't know why this came to my brain. I wonder if Steve Kornacki and Shep Smith hang out. You know? They seem like very similar people to me. Would go to that party. Yeah, right? Would go. Would I, go. I've heard a story... I heard a story one time about... Uh, I forget who, but there's like... Uh, there's another like major cable news person that went to the University of Mississippi with Shep Smith. Okay. And was saying that just like in college, like he was just constantly drunk. Oh, just like raging at parties First all the all, time. Who wasn't? <laughs> Other than you, Eric. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but yes, I would totally buy that for Shep Smith. I would party with Shep Smith. Yeah, a hundred percent. So. On yesterday's episode, we answered all of your Patreon questions. I was going to save some for just knocked them out. Hour two, but you know we were on a roll, and I didn't want to lose the momentum. We were like, you're like, you know what? It's a once a month thing. Send us your questions. She's like, bam, Bam, knocked it out out. one day. We're done. Send more questions. (laughs) See you next month, losers, bitches. We answered the first (laughs) round. You better send more. So on this hour, I thought we could do recommendations. Okay, I have quite a few rants. Oh. I love it. Let's hear him. So I'm watching Sabrina, the yeah. Sabrina reboot. And oh my God, does that divide a room? Like anytime I'm tweeting about it, people are just emotional mm-hmm. in my Twitter mentions. Yep. So I'll say this about it. Is it good? No, certainly not. <laughs> it, but sort of in the same way, if you ask me, is Riverdale good? Right. I would be like, no, I don't think it objectively it's good, yeah. but I'm enjoying it. Right. So like what I love that they're doing is 
this reboot of Sabrina and Riverdale exists in the same universe. Right. So Glendale, which is the the mm-hmm. town that Sabrina's happening mm-hmm. in, references Riverdale. Right. And there's certain like little Easter eggs and stuff like that that I think is very fun. Yeah. And eventually, obviously, they'll do a crossover and I will lose my fucking of mind. Of course. Of course. So I know they're setting up that. I love it. I love the look of Sabrina. I... Uh, it's supposed to be darker, right? And it certainly is. And I actually applaud them for that because I'm like, listen, if you're going to talk about witches and warlocks, you better talk about Satan and the dark arts. That is cool. I kind of always really dug like the campy. There's a lot of camp. Is there? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I do think there's still a lot of camp, but it's also, I like the scary moments because I feel like we have stakes. Yeah. You know, like you have a teenager like going head to head with the Dark Lord. Uh-huh. Like, I want to be scared. I want right. to feel like there's stakes and like something really bad could happen to Sabrina if right. she loses. Right, right. Karen Shipka, listen, is she the best actress in the world? No. I, I think that though, to her credit, because I really liked her in Mad Men and I do think she's talented, I think it's more the writing. Yeah. This happens so much and it's just a general note to writers. It's not enough to endlessly insist that your protagonist is likable and everyone likes them. Mm-hmm. You have to show me why they're likable. Yeah. And I don't understand why anyone risks anything for Sabrina. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I really don't. There's sort of this like tacked on storyline that maybe could have been good and I see what they were going for where they try to start like a Me Too movement basically in high school. Yeah. Because there's um, a gender non-conforming character who's getting picked on by, like, the jocks. And Sabrina's whole thing is, like, the women need to band together. So it's basically like a coven in high school. Yeah. I get that. It feels very forced, uh-huh. very tacked on. And I don't... But beyond that, I'm like, I don't understand why these people are, like, willing to, like, almost die for Sabrina. It, kinda, it, kinda, it reminds me of... Uh, th- th- that point reminds me of this... Um, line uh from the movie about david foster wallace mm. i'll pause so you can do the jerk off motion i'm doing uh, it I'm doing it right now <laughs> thank you for reminding me yeah, i almost uh-huh. didn't do it yeah you and the listeners at home uh, <laughs> uh you weren't talking to me <laughs> <laughs> i see i see <laughs> uh but he's like there's a scene in the movie where he's teaching a like an english class and mm. he's like reviewing their short stories and he's like he's like talking to this one kid and he's like like if you want if you want us to know that your character is like smart and funny just make them do smart funny things <laughs> like, yeah, basically. It's just like, you don't have to tell us just do it yeah like, i mean I, I also kind of felt that way about harry potter too although i guess like harry eventually does do admirable things that earn him like earn him the moment where like everybody respects him and loves him yeah, yeah. he does do brave things but in Sabrina right now, it's like literally she's just like a shitty teenager. And I don't know. I I truly wish the show was about. And again, I think it, this is just because I'm old because I felt this way about Harry Potter, too. Yeah. Where my like main note about Harry Potter was I wish it was about the adults, <laughs> in which case it's not Harry Potter right, right. anymore. It's about adult witches and Uh that's a different thing dear jk rowling why are there so many children (laughs) like it's a children's (laughs) book i get i'm being ridiculous but that's how i feel about sabrina too where like i love ambrose ambrose is sabrina's cousin he has sort of become the stand-in for salem the cat because salem the cat in the reboot does not speak uh okay well i already hate it (laughs) i hate it too but the writers i think this was very smart were like salem was a very sassy fun funny character we need that character we don't want a talking cat let's just write like a dope character who's a male witch he's a warlock he's a queer person of color Mm -hmm. he's awesome he's totally interesting they throw out these little facts about ambrose that i'm like you know in an improv scene if you start to talk about something really interesting it's like go do that Uh ambrose literally at one point goes i was once arrested for trying to blow up the vatican (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? I want to see Ambrose trying to blow up the Vatican. Uh That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I will say to their credit, he's not a queer character who just endlessly like has sassy one-liners and talks about being queer and you never see anything. Yeah. yeah. Like you see him go on dates. You see him like hook up with a guy. Like he is like a fully realized character. But I want the whole show to be Ambrose and the aunties. The aunties are great characters. Uh 
And anytime they're on screen together, I'm like so happy. And then they'll cut to like, truly, there is a story arc in Sabrina where she goes to magic school for three days. Three days. It's a workshop. <laughs> and it was clearly like they were like, you guys like Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Like the the school is in like an abandoned station. Of it's course. Harry of Potter. Yeah. She goes for three days, takes no classes. Of course. Just gets bullied by the cool girls. <laughs> and then fucking leaves. And I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Ugh, I hated it. Uh, you tweeted something. I've not seen the show. I don't know anything about it. I liked the original show. Uh, the old one. I liked it. I liked the fun, like campy nature of it. It was very campy. I love the talky fun. cat. Yeah. Uh, but you tweeted something about this that having no frame of reference or having seen it at all made me automatically hate the show. They call her Brina. Brina. What? This, this Are is, you kidding me? I can forgive everything. Okay. <laughs> what I cannot forgive is her friends and boyfriend. Brina is not a nickname this for Sabrina. It's so apparent that everyone that writes for the show is 45 years old. <sighs> this is how kids talk, right? There's a couple other things, too. Like, in the library at their school, they have um, a card catalog. <laughs> and then Sabrina at home with her aunts, they have, like, rotary phones. And they I'm have like, magic, but they don't have computers? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, I know this stuff looks cool, but why is no teenager, like, where is their internet? <laughs> like, it's so weird. And, like, that's the duality of shows like Riverdale. We critiqued Riverdale um, when I had Eric on, other Eric, for the bonus episode about uh -huh. Riverdale. Where he was like, they try to like update shows like this with like hip youthful references, but there's a storyline in Riverdale about the gay character going cruising, <laughs> which is like an older person's idea of what gay people do to hook yeah, up. Right. Like he doesn't have grinder. <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, maybe hire younger writers. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. That's what, that's what kids do, right? They just like cut off half their name. That's the <laughs> nickname, right? Yeah, it's also yeah, like right? it, it feels like lazy writing too, because it's like how do you it's sort of like when you have two characters talking and you want to establish the relationship real quickly. So one of the characters calls the other sis. No one in the history of humanity has called their sister sis mid-conversation. Yeah. It would be so fucking weird. Your sibling would be like, why the fuck did you just call me sis? Yeah. You've never called me that. Yeah. Uh, but it's like in that way to show like we're friends, like Brina. And I would be like, don't fucking call me Brina. My name is Sabrina. I have asked you so many times to stop calling me that. Respect my wishes. <laughs> so anyway, I kind of like it. I don't know. Uh, how do you guys feel? Hashtag light trees and pod. Obviously, we all love Ambrose. And I wish the show was about him and the aunties. So also, I feel like I have a lot of kind of recommendations. Great. So Those are honestly my favorite. Yeah, and then I want to get to yours too. Okay. Um, I don't know that I have much. But okay, I'll have well some. good, because I've already <laughs> ranted at length about uh -huh. Sabrina. So I watched season two of Making a Murderer. I think Desi's trying to is Desi <laughs> drink the water that is... Crotch? Yeah. Desmond, that is obscene. <laughs> he has water. Desi's trying to <laughs> lick the water out of my jeans. Desi's like, but it's not crotch water. <laughs> this is so gross. You have to stop him. I can't focus on what Desi. I'm doing. Uh, oh Desi, no, no, honey. For so many reasons. <laughs> so I'm watching season two of Making a Murder. Or no, I watched it. I'm done with it. Uh -huh. On Netflix. I don't know. Uh, it, it. It feels superfluous in a lot of ways because obviously they were like, this show had a huge following after season mm -hmm. one. There's been some updates. We should probably make a season two. But a lot of it's happening at like the state Supreme Court levels. Right. And they can't have cameras. So what they do is they 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 just have like the the courtroom uh, drawings of the judges oh, God. with like text over it. That is a substantial part of season two. That's what they do on like fucking the news. I know. Yeah. And, but there is some interesting stuff like, so uh, Stephen Avery has hired this lawyer, Kathleen Zellner, who is a very, very famous lawyer. She's famous for getting wrongfully convicted people out of jail. Mm. Um, and she, holy shit, I'm saying this on record and in front of you so you can make it happen. Yeah. If I ever get in legal trouble, yeah. please hire Kathleen Zellner. On it. She is a phenomenal lawyer. She's really good at what she does. And she, but it, I don't know, she sort of crafts this alternative version of what might have happened to explain Teresa's death. Right. 
And it makes sense logically, but I'm also one of those people who like, you know how American Vandal made fun of that where it's like, here's a version of reality. And then, but what if it was this? And like, I'm the person who will be like, what if it was that? Like, even if it like doesn't fully hold up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it doesn't have to. I mean, that's the whole point, right? It's like create reasonable doubt. You know, it's like... But I'm the person who will follow that carrot forever. Right, right, right. Like, if they have season three, season four, season five, I will keep watching it. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, though, it's like, we d- we're we not going to fucking know. Unless somebody confesses, which at this point, probably not. Um, Unless there's some kind of, like, smoking gun they find. But she does bring up a, several interesting points that I did not know about the original case. Mm. I, I still don't know about Steven. I think his nephew, Brendan, had nothing to do with it. And yeah. he's just like a mentally disabled kid who got bullied into confessing. Right. And if they can get him out of prison, I'm like, fine, it'll be worth it. You know? Can I, can I go ahead and make a hot take? Yeah. Can I go ahead and make a hot take? You uh, go make a hot take. <laughs> can, I, can I? Is it too early for hot takes? No, no. Uh, never. Uh, here's my hot take. Uh, there are too many true crime shows. Get a real hobby. Uh, first of all, I refuse. I refuse <laughs> to get a real hobby. How dare you? That's so rude. No, not you. The people making new true crime shows. Yeah, I, I, we've definitely blown past the oversaturation point. Like There are so many right now. I, it, it's like I've seen some that's like the cases aren't even that interesting that they're covered. Yeah. It's like just who just get a real Why fucking Why do you hobby? think I'm fucking slogging my way through Sabrina? I'm kind of yeah. like, yeah, I'm a little over the true crime. It's some of these cases are interesting. Like the case, the making murder case is interesting. Like I'm not saying that. It's just like it was just like some like serial and making a murderer got popular and all of a sudden it's like okay now there's a hundred podcasts about true crime and now there's all this stuff and now it's just like i there's some like true crime podcasts i've listened to where it's just like all right this week we're talking about some fucking murder you know what i mean it's like oh yeah well like once that's your brand like you yeah. have to run with it yeah oh, by the way i listen to all of those shows yeah it's just like i just put them on in the background like it's radio and also like What's interesting I to me is radio. Like, <laughs> am I a thousand years old? I'm a ghost, <laughs> and I'm haunting this podcast. Um, I put on the radio. <laughs> um, but like, you know, some sometimes I'll listen to them, and it's like, uh, you know, I feel like there's some where it's like they're not even mysteries. It's just like, yeah, this is a thing that happened. This was brutal. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, that's the Fun, thing. Like, like wh- th- you do, what are we doing? You hit like, a limit, and it's like, well, what the fuck else do we talk about other than, like, I guess now we branch out into, like, violent crimes in general? Yeah. It's um, just like, yeah, the, I, the thing is, like, the intrigue is, like, yeah, it's a crime. It's interesting because, like, you know, I get that, like, crimes are interesting because, like, for most of us in our daily lives, we don't encounter these sort of fantastical situations. So it's, like, very fascinating. I mean, I love that shit. I, I, I like it. But it's, like... Like, I like mystery. That's why, like, Unsolved Mysteries was a great show. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why, seri- like, that's why these shows blew up. It's not because it's, like, a crazy crime. It's because, like, there's mystery and there's, there's like, doubt and there's, like, we don't know what happened. And it's, like, right. I don't want to listen to a bunch of people be like, yeah, this this fucking thing happened. Did you, you know? watch Haunting of Fellows? I've not watched it. Oh, my God. Eric, when oh are you going to watch God. it? I, I'm so sorry. I had to move by myself last Unacceptable. week. Unacceptable. <laughs> That's didn't move not by, a valid reason. I didn't move by myself. I had people help me. Not but. a valid reason. <laughs> when are you going to watch it? Uh, probably this week. All right. While you're watching it, uh-huh. text me your thoughts. And okay. then we'll talk about it on the show. Yes. I'm obsessed. I've watched it twice. Wow. So, wow. oh, I have a genuine recommendation, and then I want to get to your recommendations. Mm-hmm. Ariana Grande's new track, Thank You Next. Uh-huh. Great. Okay. I am officially a fan. I made a event on Facebook. You know how you can do that where it's like, I gave birth to a baby. And yeah. I was like, congratulations on your baby. Yeah. I did that, but I was like, I've decided I like Ariana Grande. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember you, yeah and I remember people have been it. sending me their well wishes uh-huh. for several uh-huh. days. Thank you so much. But I feel like... I never had a strong opinion about her. It's not like I ever disliked her. I was yeah. just like, oh, there's Ariana Grande. There she goes. And now recently I've been like, 
I really like you. I, and it has nothing. And I have to say this on record because someone asked me this the other day and I got offended. They were like, is it because of the Pete Davidson stuff? And I was like, no. I actually started to like her when she sang uh, during the 15th anniversary of Wicked. Yeah, I was that like, was a great performance. She's so talented. And then she's just really funny. I think she's like whenever she goes on the late night talk shows and they do like the karaoke uh, roulette. Yeah. Uh, she, I mean, she's, she, she's a great. She's singer. very talented. She's very funny. And I just really respect her. I don't really have a lot of thoughts about Ariana Grande. I know that's going to shock everyone. Wow. Um, I don't wow. really have thoughts about Ariana Grande. I do want to point out, I just want to throw this out there because now it's getting super fashionable. I want to point oh, out. the high ponytail? Eric, I meant to no, say this. Yeah. Your high ponytail is so much better than hers. It looks good, right? It looks like thick and luxurious. I think growing out my hair, I'm just but so also, happy. I feel like more than one high ponytail can exist in the world and you don't have to feel threatened by Ariana Grande's high so? ponytail. Yeah. Okay. I, that's just how I feel. That makes me feel better. Okay. But go on. How else? <laughs> yeah. It's because it's getting so fashionable. I want to point out, I'm an OG Pete Davidson hater. I've never <laughs> thought he was funny. And now you're all jumping on the bandwagon. Okay. okay. You all loved him for two weeks when he was dating Ariana Grande. He's never been funny. He should have never been cast on okay. SNL. Let okay. me push back against that idea a little bit. So I, I do think there's a charm to Pete Davidson. Uh, and they charm is not funny. <laughs> and, they, and they figured out like they did hit a stride for a little bit on Weekend Update when he was talking about mental illness in a very funny, accessible way that I thought also was really important. And I applauded him for being like very candid about his own struggle with mental illness. And I thought like he was sort of funny and charming in like your like dopey freshman year high floor mate kind of way where I was like, oh, he's like harmless and like kind of funny. Fine, fine. He can be on SNL. What has really like run him into the ground for me is that now his brand is I used to be engaged to Ariana Grande. And it's like every time he's in public, every time they shoot a promo for SNL, every time he's on Weekend Update, they have to talk about that. Yeah, That feels very gross to me because it's like she's not there to like talk about her version of what happened. Uh -huh. And like apparently they're like on good terms now and they talk things through whatever. I'm just like I don't want to keep hearing about this relationship. That's not even a relationship anymore. But I feel like SNL sort of glommed onto it because they were like, oh, we can drum up ratings with this. Yeah. That's how I feel about Pete Davidson. I think he has value as a performer. Yeah. Okay. I thought his segments about mental illness are good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he should have ever been cast. I don't think he's funny. That's my thought. I, I'll say this about SNL and the limitations of SNL as a vehicle for stand-ups. It's not a good platform for stand-ups. I don't know what... I mean, Chris Rock was barely on SNL. It's only a good vehicle for stand-ups if they're on Weekend Update. Well, that's... I think they primarily use Pete that way. And then they'll occasionally... I think they... That clever... Uh, that character they wrote for him was very clever. The, like, the guy who was just like, mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, he's not a great actor, so... Yeah. That was a smart way to use him. But, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for stand-ups on SNL. Yeah, so they shouldn't have cast him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's... I just don't... I, I've seen some of his stand-up. I just don't... I get the appeal. I like from a like removed like like I understand the appeal. I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't think Fair. he's that good. Fair. Do you have any recommendations? Um, I could Rex. Uh, have I watched anything recently? I've been trying to like, catch up on because I just haven't had time, but I've been trying to catch up on BoJack. Uh, oh man. Oh my god. Yeah, I know that BoJack's so good, but I also have to like brace people where I'm like, it's not a comedy. <laughs> Like you're thinking. Uh-huh. It will like ruin you. Yeah. Oh, man. I just finished. I, I won't give away spoilers in case people are still also catching up on it, but I just was watching it at work with uh, my coworker, and we finished season four with all of the like parent stuff. Oh. Oh. God. We were just like like on the verge of crying. Yeah. We were like silent the whole time. Bojack, we were, like, like, are you watching it with people? Well, me and my coworker watch it in the office at work. Oh my god! Can I work with you? Are you guys <laughs> just watching BoJack? Yeah, pretty much. Oh uh, god! So, it, like, BoJack taps into like oh. your id in in a way that certainly I've never seen a comedy do. But like most shows in general, They're don't also, get that deep. The, also, the BoJack is so good at like 
they can be in the middle of the most ludicrous, absurdist comedy, like ridiculous crap, like slapstick, like just bullshit humor, and then in a like 30 seconds just change into like a total like emotional breakdown and like, like blindside you yeah it, it almost it's like it's more raw because you were laughing and then you're like am i crying now what's <laughs> yeah. happening yeah. oh my god speaking of comedies uh meredith and i talked at length about uh eric i can't believe i'm about to ask you this did you read the interview between timothy chalamet and harry styles <laughs> I did not. Okay. <laughs> so it's great. It's I'm really, really sure good. It is. Uh, a bunch of places were like, this is the last celebrity interviewing a celebrity uh, uh-huh. uh, interview thing they should do ever uh-huh. because it will, no one is going to beat this. Yeah. So they're talking about like toxic masculinity and like, you know, playing against like stereotypical yeah. masculine sure. things like that. And all of a sudden, Harry Styles goes, uh, you watching Big Mouth? <laughs> and Timothy Chalamet goes, no, should I get on that? And he was like, yeah. And it's just like this aside <laughs> where it's like, oh, my God. First of all, Harry Styles watches Big Mouth. Amazing. Big Mouth is so good. Timothy Chalamet is about to watch Big yeah, Mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- uh, listen, Big Mouth is so fucking funny. Here's a question. Yeah. Uh, do you think. I don't know why it's popped in my brain. Do you think they have their own Netflix accounts? Or do you think they also are using somebody else's? Oh, Harry Styles and Timothy Challenge? Here's my honest answer, Uh okay? I believe Harry Styles has his own account. Uh I think Timothy Chalamet is using his parents. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I say that is because once Call Me By Your Name came out, When he was coming back to New York City for the premiere, he yeah. stayed at his parents' apartment because uh-huh. he didn't have his own place. Right, right. So I'm like, he's 100% <laughs> still using their Netflix. <laughs> he's probably on the phone plan. <laughs> he's 22. He's a little baby. Yeah. He's been so able funny. to legally drink for a year. He's yeah. on their accounts. Sure. Okay. Uh, Any so, other recommendations? Uh, I have a music rack. Uh, there's this really great band. I think, they're, I think they're from California, but I cannot remember. I'm pretty sure they're from California. But they're called Spiritual Cramp. Ooh. Uh, and they just put out a new record called Television, and it's great. I like that. Uh, they're so good. They are very good. I like the name. Um, yeah, that's about it. Cool. Uh, if you have any other recommendations, we can circle back at the I'll end of the I'll just shout episode. them out in the middle. Just of like, <laughs> if the news gets really dire, just <laughs> scream something uh-huh. you like. Great. Yeah. Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Let's talk about the world ending. Oh, great. That's pretty bad. That's bad news, yeah. right? Oh, good. So climate change news. Um, there is a new study that was published in the journal Nature that says the world's oceans have absorbed about 60% more heat during the past 25 years than previously estimated. Which seems like a big jump, sixty percent. Yeah, wow. My God. So the study takes advantage of a new method that can serve as a whole ocean therm- thermometer. So that's the reason it has a wildly different figure than previous estimates. Right. It's taking the ocean as a whole and taking its temperature. Uh-huh. Uh, so obviously this matters because if the ocean is absorbing even more heat than observed it would suggest future global warming will track on the upper end of projections. So like those worst case scenarios we're getting that right. have like a like a spectrum of how bad it can be. Yeah. It's probably going to be at the high end. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the ocean uh, basically serves as a big yeah. heat sink for the earth. Right. Um, you know. um, the oceans absorb about 93% of the extra energy from increasing amounts of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Right. Hence, uh, it the the ocean warming rapidly, melting glaciers. Why you see very sad photos of polar bears swimming for mm-hmm. miles and miles looking for icebergs right. to climb onto. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like again, I don't ever cover climate change stories like this to be defeatist, but to light a little fire under your cute little butts. If you're wondering, like, what the most urgent matter in the world is, 
obviously it's the it's world itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also the fact that, um, you know, energy companies like ExxonMobil are destroying the planet. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add. It's just <laughs> like, yeah, it's bad. Guys, it's bad. And it's got to be fixed. Um, yeah, I think to your point, like, of not being defeatist, it is like, it's one of those things that's like, it is very bad, but it's sort of like, well, what else are we going to do? Are we going to just let the world end? Like, you have to try. You have to I try mean, to fix it. Ultimately, what it's going to come down to is, <laughs> you know, we're in the bad news section. I can be bleak, guys. Yeah. It's a safe space. Either the world is going to end or capitalism will end. Yeah. That that truly, and I think more and more people understand understand that is the choice we have to make. Mm-hmm. It's just what's <laughs> going to happen first. Right. And I truly don't know what the answer is going to be. There's no clear answer. We don't know. I think, you know, the, the journalists I, I know and I've spoken to have covered social upheavals and revolutions say that they don't happen until there's truly no food. Yeah. And they're like that. That really is what drives people. And then either you can reverse that course or you can't. But what we're talking about would be a global upheaval, unlike anything right. we've ever seen before, yeah. because capitalism permeates every country in the earth. Right. On the earth. So, you know, would it be a coordinated effort? Would it be a domino effect? Like, what? I, I don't know what it will, will look like because we've never faced anything like this before. I kind of have this feeling that it won't be a coordinated effort. Um, I don't really. It just doesn't seem. I think it will take the form more of, unfortunately, yeah, like when global warming is causing famine or, uh, you know, rising ocean levels that cause people to migrate. Like, it feels more like those types of actions are what cause or what are what it's going to cause it, as opposed to like actually like getting people on board with a with a revolution does that make sense i think you're probably right i think it'll also probably look like 2011 which is these like pops of uprising (laughs) you know sorry (laughs) when you said that i thought you were gonna say it looks like 2012 like the movie where the world's ending oh yeah that (laughs) as well it's gonna look yeah but you Uh, know like it started in tunisia and then it was like in the midwest in the united states then it was like like it was these like uh, little uprisings that were happening everywhere that, but on a much larger scale, and and right, yeah, you know the snowballing. Uh, I think the the issue that I, I hope people take to heart <laughs> is that if <laughs> once people start rioting because of the effects of climate change, it is too late. Yeah, and that that's ultimately my fear, which is by the time we get to, because we've already had famine, we've already had drought, right? And unfortunately, that happened in parts of the world uh, where people with no resources are the victims and they have no meaningful way of like combating capitalism and its effects. By the time there is some kind of widespread organized movement, it's like it's done. That is what's so hard about climate change is that like we talk, especially like in political theory, there's a lot of talk about like tipping points. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that the tipping point for climate change is the end. The end of the world. Like, like the, the, yeah, like climate change happens on such a delayed scale that like, if you want to head off something in 40 years, you have to do it now. Yeah. I, I think there's also like, there's not even a clear path for if you're like a direct action person no and you're like fuck it let's just go block this road or something like that yeah there's no there's no clear path to dismantling capitalism yeah that that's another problem where it's like no one has actually proposed a way to radically stop the damage that's being done yeah i think like as far as i know no there's really not i mean i think like the thing that makes the most sense is like to me, the thing that makes the most sense is like, is sort of like start with triage, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, it, w- what I mean by that is like start by d- 
directly protesting the biggest offenders of uh, uh, to the climate. And also, like, like uh, you know, protesting and not supporting politicians who obviously don't believe in climate change right, and right, who right, get their contributions from uh, ExxonMobil and, and that ilk. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, the sort of, like, dismantling, dismantling capitalism as beautiful as that sounds is like a very big like grand project yeah i think like when it comes to climate change it's sort of like we can't wait that long that's what's gonna have to happen but like right now Mm -hmm. it's sort of like you have to cut off like cut off the head of the of the monster it's like you have to stop uh oil and gas companies and industrial production Mm -hmm. like that has to be first like Mm -hmm. it's like i said like Put out the f- the big fire and then put out the rest. Yeah, like, the only optimistic thing I can think about with that is when, in terms of when we talk about the biggest polluters on the planet, we're actually talking about a handful of companies. It's about a hundred companies. I mean, in terms of of global number, like that is a handful. Yeah. So we can totally set a hundred fires. We guys. can take out a hundred companies. A hundred <laughs> fires is easy to start. Right. Right. Uh, but that's another thing too. Like I feel like. When it comes to climate change, there's a lot of vague calls like that where it's like, but what is that? And I, I don't want to be in the position where I'm lecturing people. I, I truly don't know what the answer is. I think, well, I mean, Nor would I be brave enough to be one of those people. That is always my biggest issue with like the end capitalism thing because it's like, yes, obviously that's true. Like that is what has to happen. Mm. It's just like, but you can't get a bunch of people like all right guys let's go into capitalism yeah like like, how that's not that's not an action and also so many people are struggling right now that truly like an idea like that is so foreign to me because i'm just preoccupied with my day-to-day existence right like paying my rent sure like i'm in debt like so many people are i'm Uh like trying to get out of debt and what's so insane about that is in the the global scheme of things Climate change is way more important than my personal debt. Yeah. But it's so hard to see beyond us just trying to survive as people. Well, ultimately, I think that's sort of the biggest problem is sort of like, you know, I always talked about this, like, uh, I wouldn't call it a theory. That's a little too grand. But (laughs) when you're pontificating, right, just this thought that I always had where like, you know, conservatives always rage against like the welfare state. But I think that the welfare state is the thing that stops guillotines uh, against oh, rich 100%. people. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, yeah. So keeping p- poor people pacified to some degree is the only thing that stops them from rioting. And it, in that same way, like, that's really the only thing. Sort of like the benefits of the like the meager benefits of capitalism for poor people, like that they. like you know what i mean or like the 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 meager benefits and also like the things that they have to deal with Mm -hmm. like paying rent health care stuff like that like those concerns are what are stopping people from writing so are are you saying in a way like that it behooves the ruling class to sort of and not distract us because it is a legitimate concern but like the like the giving of healthcare, the taking away, the like sort of like that's if they were to supply suddenly universal healthcare, right? That that would almost be a luxury that permits. Yeah, I think so. Us to focus on stuff like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I just I just also feel like to to your point of just like the reason that like you're focused on like your debt or your healthcare or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like. That's how it is for people in, like, the modern world. Like, they can't worry. Like, you know, uh, you were talking about, like, other countries and other parts of the world that are more developing and are, like, uh, deal with a lot of poor people. Like, those people have done direct actions and stuff like that because that was the only thing they had left. Yeah, also, like, like, in the United States, we're talking about, like... um, I, I don't want to oversimplify because there are different levels of poverty. Yeah. But say you have a lot of credit card debt. Yeah. Right. 
you still have access to a credit line so you can buy food. Exactly. But in other countries, it's like no credit cards, no credit line, right, right, no right. food. Yeah. And and that's when the like the real direct action radical organizing exactly. happens because it's like we have nothing. We have nothing to lose. Right. We have everything to gain. Exactly. It's it's this it's this big like sort of like it's this big monster because it's like yes we need to get rid of capitalism but it's like the sort of like uh, scraps that capitalism throws to poor people it's like enough to keep everybody sort of pacified exactly yeah Yeah. that's the problem is that they they don't want you're not gonna riot when it's like but i'm kind of stable right now Mm. or like by the way, I totally didn't mean to say that people in third world countries have nothing to lose when they protest. They can be killed. <laughs> they yeah, can be tortured. Yeah, 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 yeah. Horrible things can happen to them. I'm just saying that when but, you are already living in such turmoil and misery. But they've reached a breaking point. Yes. It's like the, 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 the you know, it's like, <laughs> like, you know, uh, in America, a lot of times, like, you know, if one food supply goes out like another one will come in or i think like i mentioned this before it. when we were talking about climate change news where what worries me about the united states and the world sort of like looking to the united states to lead on climate change yeah. is that like right now the impact of climate change in the united states is occasionally we experience a very severe storm right that inflicts a huge amount of damage and i don't want to underplay that but like right now we're talking about in the united states like we might not be able to get bananas anymore right and everyone's like oh bananas yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i liked bananas but if that's gonna be how impacted we are by climate change in like the next five ten years yeah that's actually horrible for the rest of the world because we are shielded right like there are land masses disappearing right now yeah, under exactly. surging sea levels, yeah. but in the United States, w- we're not really going to see that. Like, yeah, parts of New York will prob- probably flood by like twenty fifty, right, right? But by then, again, too late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, wow, guys, that was dire. <laughs> so, um, is everybody okay? Are we all holding hands and crying? Well, it's all right. You know why? Because here's your good news. <laughs> Okay, well, on Thursday, the San Francisco 49ers were playing against the Oakland Raiders. Guys, I'm reading from a Jezebel article right now uh, because I don't follow football. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So a Twitter user named Gator Lenny. Gator Lenny. What a goddamn name. Posted a photo of one of the 49ers cheerleaders kneeling. In fact, multiple people caught a picture, which obviously now has been widely shared on social media, embedded in news articles across the web by reporters. Um, But as far as I know, maybe she's been identified by the time you hear this, but as of this recording, has not been identified. And I wanted to shout her out because I think it's extra brave for a cheerleader to do this. And here's why. (laughs) If you are a football player with a a very lucrative contract, yeah, you could certainly still stand to lose a lot as we've seen with Colin Kaepernick. Colin yeah. Kaepernick was blacklisted by the NFL. He lost a huge uh, amount of opportunities. I don't want to like diminish his sacrifice or his bravery or anything like that. But cheerleaders in the NFL are famously mistreated. Yeah, there was a big that big story that came out a year or two ago about yeah. how bad it was. It's really, really bad. Uh, they're paid way less than you you probably think they are. Uh, any they're paid very little. Very, very little. It's basically like bragging rights yeah. if you're an NFL uh, cheerleader. I mean, here's a great example of how bad it is. Somebody posted a picture of her on Twitter and nobody knows who she is. Nobody knows who she is. She's a cheerleader for the San Francisco 49ers and nobody knows who she is. <laughs> and like any, op- or any um, you know, anytime the cheerleaders have tried to unionize in the NFL, it's been a fucking disaster. Uh, so I almost think it's like especially brave because yeah. nobody knows who this girl is. She's not protected by a union. Sorry, woman. I don't want to call her a girl. Um, and... 
she's purely doing it out of solidarity. And it's like, she must have known going in, like, I don't know if anybody's going to like even notice I'm doing this. I could just immediately be fired. Right. And it won't make a difference. Like Colin Kaepernick had to have known when he was kneeling, he's like, every camera's going to be on me. Everybody knows my name. Right. This is going to be a big fucking deal. Right. I mean, not in like an ego way, but he knew that his action would have impact. That's the point of doing it. Right. It's like bringing attention. This woman had no guarantee. She's a cheerleader in the NFL. The NFL does not value cheerleaders. So I almost think like, we should give like extra respect to somebody like that. Yeah. So yeah. Find out who she. Is. I yeah. Maybe by now, guys. Why do we know who the cheerleaders are? <sighs> Where are they like listed? You know, there's not know. like a website. I don't think. Why is there a website? <laughs> I listen. I agree with you. There should be a roster. <laughs> like that's so hard to become an NFL cheerleader. Well, that's another thing. Like they work so fucking hard. They are athletes in their own rights. They're uh gymnasts they are you know like it's so incredibly grueling their practices like they should be valued they should be paid better they should have their own union um they work very very hard so if you know her name hashtag light trees and pod or if you've seen her name like if it's been reported by now yeah let us know so also in good news (laughs) speaking of the election maybe i should have done this earlier in the week but We've been talking a lot about like there's this amazing trend of family members of conservative politicians coming out and being like, hey, don't vote for our asshole brother. I love it. He's a fucking asshole. And there, I have already forgotten all of the examples of this. There was like one campaign commercial where it was like eight siblings basically being like, hey, our brother's a piece of shit. Yeah. Then there was Best another political ex- ad of all time. Yeah, then there but then there was another example after that. But anyway, the latest example <laughs> is that um I think somebody tweeted this at me, but uh, in Missouri, uh candidates kids have told voters, "Please don't vote for our homophobic and racist dad." Wow. So, this is <laughs> the children, the three Oh, I'm sorry, the two of the three children of Missouri Republican Steve West uh, have told the voters in the state's 15th House District, don't vote for our dad. So his daughter, who's named Emily, told the Kansas City Star, I can't imagine him being in any level of government. (laughs) He's made multiple comments that are racist and homophobic and how he doesn't like the Jews. Wow. Wow, Emily. Wow, there he is. There he is. He looks like, um, who's he look like? If Rick Scott fucked. Steve King? Yep, there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve West's son, Andy, contacted the same paper on Tuesday with a similar message about his quote-unquote fanatic father. Jesus Christ. He must be stopped, <laughs> Andy said. His ideology is pure hatred. Oh, my God. In a 30-minute phone conversation with NBC News on Wednesday evening, Steve West rebutted the claims made by his children. I'm not anti-Semitic, he said. I have no racism at all, and I'm not a ho- I'm not a homophobic. <laughs> That's a quote. I'm not a homophobic. Well, it shows that he knows how to use words well. Yep. Uh, so Wes blamed his fraught relationship with his children on his ex-wife. Got some misogyny in there wow, as well. Wow, nice. Those bitches. Always turning your children against you when you're totally cool. Uh, he said that she poisoned them during an extremely toxic divorce. I love that this guy is like, I just want to clear the record. Okay. I am not racist. I am not homophobic. I am not anti-Semitic. It's all my bitch ex-wife. My bitch wife, ex-wife, <laughs> yeah. So despite his assertions that he's not a bigot, however, West has not been shy about voicing his extreme views. After his landslide victory in August's uh, GOP primary, landslide victory, the star compiled a long list of offensive comments he made on his radio show, YouTube channel, and website. Wow. Regarding the LGBT community, West has said homosexuality and pedophilia are absolutely linked. And he called women's athletics a haven and breeding ground for lesbianism. (laughs) Holy fucking shit, dude. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. When asked about these comments by NBC News, West doubled down on his claims. 
recalling a story about a heterosexual young woman who abandoned her college scholarship after being outnumbered by lesbians in the women's locker room. Oh, my God. He also claimed that homosexuality and pedophilia indeed go hand in hand, which, by the way, uh, flies in the face of every scientific study. That happened... Wait. That happened in the same interview? Yeah. Yes, it did. So he's like, I am not homophobic. Mm-hmm. I just... It's just that oh, gays oh, are pedophiles. I see what you're saying. No, this this was uh, they're saying um, that comment probably won't hold water because he has said this stuff in the past. Oh no, I thought it was saying that he doubled down on it. I thought it was saying that they asked him and he doubled oh, down on it. Uh, but he went on and he said the homosexual world they are by much greater percent predators, especially when it comes to boys. When asked for evidence to back these claims, guess what he said. He said to look up the work of Milo. Oh, no, he did not. A conservative gay provocateur who was fired from Breitbart after a video was uncovered of him making sympathetic comments about child-adult sexual relationships. Steve. Steve. Uh, This is... I was reading from NBC News, by the way. Steve. But I got some bad (gasps) news. Milo's not going to fuck you, man. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So now that we're in the good news section, did you have any more recommendations or anything you're looking forward to? Mm, Are you in the new apartment now? Yes. How is it? It's great. Yeah? Uh, I love it. I love my neighborhood. That's Um, all good stuff. Yeah. It's really great. Eric insanely decided, not decided, because you guys, it was very... It wasn't your fault. It sort of happened last minute Yeah. when you knew you had to get a new place. But Faith was traveling mm-hmm. across the country yeah. via train, as she talked about on this show. Yeah. And you essentially had to move on your own. Yes. Did you pack yourself? Uh, she packed all of her stuff. Oh, okay. Cool. I packed all of my stuff. Cool. Um, and then I moved it all. Damn, dude. Yeah. Did you ever find a van? I rented a U-Haul. Oh, my God. You drove the U-Haul? Uh-huh. Wow. All over the city. Wow. Had you ever boroughs. driven one before? Yeah. yeah. I, it, was a, it was a van. It was, oh, like, it was okay. the U-Haul van. Sure. I But when we moved from Alabama, I drove the box truck up here and throughout the city. Fancy. I like driving. I think in some sort of alternate universe, I'm like a long-haul trucker. Wow. What a sad <laughs> alternative universe vision you have for yourself. That's not sad. Uh, it is, because in my vision, I'm a queen. Oh, I see. So. Right, right, right. Maybe you drive for my kingdom. I'm probably delivering the goods to your wow, kingdom. Wow, it all makes sense. Um, I just have to point out, before we move on at all, Penny has been staring at me for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> just Aggressively. Right you, yeah. And I have not brought it up until this moment. <laughs> but like, it, anytime I looked over my shoulder, I made intense <laughs> eye contact with her. Anyway. Um, so I love my new neighborhood. Great. Um, Where are you? Sunset Park. It's a good head. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of great restaurants. I live right by the Sunset Park. To which the neighborhood is named. Wow, fancy. So I get to go hang out in the park, which has an amazing view of Manhattan. Oh, that's cool. It looks really cool. Nice. Um, I, uh, here's, uh, here's, uh, I guess it would be a recommendation, also just like a good thing mm-hmm. that happened. Uh, guys, I can't stress this enough. Buy shoes that actually fit you. Eric, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy shoes? No. Well, I, I. Here's the thing. There are shoes that are cool. We all know that. Sure. But you know what? Sometimes your feet are different. All right. Like for instance, I have very wide feet. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I buy uh, regular shoes and they feel okay. But then after like a bunch of time walking around in them, you realize they don't actually fit that well. Hmm. And uh, you're, it's causing you to walk weird. I think I came to terms with this a while ago because I have very long feet. I have yeah. very narrow feet. Yeah. But uh, I'm like hovering between a 10 and an 11. Yeah. And for a while, like pride made me be like, I can fit into a nine uh-huh. or like a nine and a half. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in a lot of stores, if you go up to 10 or 11, far 
fewer cute options. Yeah. But I feel like it's gotten better over the years. Yeah. Because shoe designers are like, oh, women's feet grow that big? <laughs> right. Okay, we well, should make cute shoes. I, I try. I would try to wear like, uh, like, like, say, like a classic, like a Vans slip-on. Mm-hmm. And they they don't make them in wide sizes. They sure. make them in regular sizes. Uh, and they fit. You know, I could wear them around. But like, you know, uh, I, here's the, here's what happened. <laughs> Maybe it's a little TMI. I developed a corn on my foot. No. Which I didn't know was a real thing you could get. What is it? it, How is it different from a blister? So a blister is a buildup of fluid. Yeah. Um, And a corn or a callus is a basically like a hard, it's like hardened skin, like a callus. Oh, I have that on like my toe. Yeah, yeah. So you can get calluses just like or maybe from it's no- a callus. Yeah, so you can just get normal calluses. Corns are like that, but they're painful. Oh, okay. It's painful I don't when you have want. That, yeah. Uh, so I got one. No. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, it's just because I've just been wearing like regular shoes. How did you did you self diagnose or you went to the doctor? No, I just like I knew something was wrong because I was having a like, sharp pain inside my foot. I looked it up, and it's the same. Balls. That's what it is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just buy shoes that fit. Like, yeah, totally. Like, you know, uh, some people have cool shoes, and uh, that's cool. That's great for them. So it's, um, we're happy but, for them. We celebrate you. Yeah, but you got to buy shoes that fit. Because yeah. guess what? It's awesome when you walk around in shoes that fit. I also have a recommendation that's sort of in a similar vein of yeah. footwear. Yeah. I just treated myself and I ordered a cozy pair of slippers on Amazon. Ooh, slippers are the best. I'm not saying you have to get them on Amazon. I know Amazon's not a good place, but yeah. I was very... My apartment's very cold and my feet are cold all the time. Uh-huh. So I was in a bit of a desperate situation. Yeah. So I ordered as quickly as I could, hence Amazon. Uh-huh. Uh, but my slippers that I'm going to have in a couple days have such a high rating and people are like, Oh my God, I love these slippers. And I'm very excited. Can you send me that? I want to see what these slippers are all about. Okay. Yeah. I'll send um, it to you. They're yeah. for women. Oh, okay. Yeah. Specifically. But I mean, but like the brand, the yeah. company probably makes apparently some. they do because people were like, Oh, this is the same company that made these slippers, which gotcha. are also bomb. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just like buy, yeah, buy shit that fits you. Because it's great. I got some. I went to the store. I got some nice uh, wide mesh Nike sneakers. Hell yeah, dude. They feel great. You're not wearing them. No, I took them off. I was trying to respect your home. Thank you so much. Um, Anything else that you're looking forward to or you saw in the city, overheard, ate lately? Oh, did I uh, I ever plug that you can see me in a music video for roughly one second? I think you talked about having done it, but not that it's like out now. It is out now. Talk about it. Go to YouTube. Type in uh, the band is called Basement. They have a video called Be Here Now. Mm-hmm. I'm in it for roughly one second. <laughs> uh, what are you doing in the video? I'm sitting in a car. Great job. Uh, yeah, I was a PA on the video and they needed a stand in. So I'm, yeah, I'm in the video for. Wow, that's roughly, like the Hollywood dream. Roughly one second. I think yeah. that's the same joke I made the first time. Yeah, we exactly. About. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and I believe I said you were like Charlize. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Charlize, uh, oh my God. Charlize Theron. Theron, thank yeah. you. Uh, uh, or yeah. Theron. Theron, yeah. She was discovered. My her Hollywood discovery story is my favorite thing ever because she was being a monster. Uh-huh. She was throwing a fit uh-huh. in the bank in right. the bank that I'm like, you know, as I can only imagine beautiful women do, yes, you know, like not getting her way, throwing a fit. And an agent was there and was like, Darling, do you act? And I was like, <laughs> that is the fucking craziest yeah. story I've ever heard about so being good. discovered. Yeah. Um what am I looking forward to? Um I'm looking forward to uh I mean, the holidays are always great. We're going to do Friendsgiving again this year. Oh, I can probably totally ask you this off air, but you know how we would always order from the uh, Thanksgiving menu at a place that no longer exists? Um, The place by my old uh, apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always ordered a fixed Thanksgiving vegan menu from them. Where should we order from this year? Mm. Who does it? Like Blossom? Do they Blossom do probably does one. I mean, uh, Terry usually does one. Let's do Terry. We could do Terry. Yeah. They do a pretty good one. Let's just coordinate it. Yeah. So we can like figure out to do that I love stuff. it. I love friends. I might bake a pie. Is that crazy? What? I might bake a pie. Oh I my like God. baking. What kind of pie are you going to make? Um, 
Well, what does Faith usually do? Does she does like a pumpkin pie? She's done one in the past. Yes. I could do an apple pie. You can't do an apple pie. The only reason I say that is because okay. Faith's gonna get real jealous because okay. that's her thing. That's her thing. It's right. her apple pie. Jesus Christ! Why doesn't she do the apple pie and then I'll do a pumpkin pie? Great. Cool. We could do that. Great. I'm glad you and I hashed that out before <laughs> Faith and I got into a nice before fight about it. Before she attacked you. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know if that was you, a point oh, of contention. If you had shown up to Friendsgiving with an apple pie, if were, I had shown up to my own apartment, because yeah. I'm sure we're doing it, <laughs> I had dared to walk from my kitchen yeah. with an apple pie. There would have been plates thrown. Jesus, guys. People would have gone to the hospital. We just narrowly avoided a tragic <laughs> death. All right, well, fuck, tell her to make her fucking apple pie. All right, guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric, E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Yeah, that's right. Please follow me at Allison Kilkenny. Tell your friends about the show. Why not? Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>